today's podcast, uh, we we share some pretty frightening things. I think uh, the uh, emergency climate uh, executive order that the Washington Post says is coming as early as this week. That is a game changer. Uh, that coupled with the fact that the Democrats now are officially pushing to add four Supreme Court justices. That, that again, is a game changer. Those are end of republic kind of things that, uh, that happen. Um, but we also talked a little bit about the border today. Uh, we, we talked to a guy who was the doctor, the physician for Bush and uh, Trump and Obama. And Obama just uh, cussed him out here recently in writing because as the official White House surgeon and the, the doctor that lived in the White House, um, he said, Joe Biden has checked out. I, I've been around him. I, this is he's declining rapidly. He really should not be in office. Well, we talked to him um, about that. We also uh, spent some time with Tommy Robinson. You might know his name. Tommy is an independent journalist that went to jail, went to prison in the UK uh, because he spoke his mind and said, look, the Muslim community has rapists in it and they're raping these children and the police are doing nothing. Well, he went to prison for saying that. This week, they just came out and said, oh yeah, you know what's happening to the children? Muslim men are coming in here and they're raping them. We got his feelings on that. So much more on today's podcast. Brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a great, great, healthy snack. Um, Built Bar will tide you over. It's a protein bar, but I don't think protein bars are very good myself. Because um, I, I, one thing, I like chocolate. Um, I like chocolate far too much. Um, but the Built Bar, my wife tried to get me to eat. She'd been eating them for years. And she's like, you'd really like these. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. It's a protein bar. She's like, no, it's real chocolate and everything else. I'm like, I'm not going to try it. Until one day she was gone and there was nothing in the house. And so I snuck into her stash of uh, Built Bars, ate one, and they are fantastic. And when I say I ate one, let's just leave it at that. Built Bar. Right now, you can get Built Bar uh, and in all of their really yummy, yummy flavors. All you have to do is just go to Built dot com and use the promo code beck15 it's built.com use the promo code beck15 you'll save 10 percent on your next order of built bars try them you'll love them built.com you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program Let me, uh, let's, uh, well, I want to start with something that uh, just came out of the uh, Tribune in Utah. I was in Utah for the 4th of July down in this beautiful, beautiful place. Fastest growing city in America now is uh, St. George. And uh, I'll tell you, there's a battle for the soul of St. George. It's a very, I think it is, you would know this better than I do, Pat. Isn't it the the uh most conservative community in the country uh it's probably up there i don't know 
I don't know if it competes with yeah. Provo, but it's it, it, it's up there. Yeah, but it's up there. I mean, mm-hmm. Provo is like. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, it's very, 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 very red, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it's always been that way. But people are moving from California, and I think they're going to destroy it uh, because it has the bones of of just just one of the gr- greatest cities in America. You know, a. Uh, uh, an Aspen or a, or Jackson hole, kind of that vacation kind of place. Um, and it's just beautiful. there, just beautiful surrounded by national parks. Anyway, I went down, um, because I had been working with, uh, a group called United. We pledge, um, that to build, um, independence hall, just like the one in Philadelphia, and uh, Washington's Mount Vernon, uh, and also Patrick Henry's church, where he said, give me liberty or give me death. And they, they want to produce a curriculum and tell the truth through artifacts and everything else of America's founding. And this is based on something that is in Alabama that was built years ago that I don't think anybody knows. It's Liberty Village. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe you know if you live in Alabama, but... It is this this colonial village that is trying to keep America's history alive. So when uh, these uh, people from Balance of Nature uh, found this, uh, the son calls the dad and is like, Dad, Liberty Village, we you have to see this. We have to build one. We should build them all over the country. Uh, they're very, very patriotic people. And, uh, uh, and so they just broke ground on July 4th for this event. So here's what the Tribune writes about this. A replica colonial era village under construction in Washington County is aimed at stoking the fires of patriotism, increasing devotion to the U.S. Constitution, and enshrining religion as the central focus of the American Revolution. No, no. uh, Religion just was. I shouldn't say religion. God was a major focus being being on god's side is the reason why the the purple heart exists um they were all pretty much god people that doesn't mean they went to the same churches or anything else but they all pretty much believed in the same thing and that is a judeo-christian god so they continue some however are concerned that United We Pledge, the St. George-based nonprofit leading the effort to build Liberty Village in nearby Hurricane, leans too far right and takes too much liberty with American history. Dignitaries from Hurricane and United We Pledge joined conservative media personality Glenn Beck and others on July 2nd to break ground for the village, which will be situated on about 40 acres adjacent from the proposed New Balance Nature Campus. Nutritional Supplement Company in St. George Balance Nature is the chief sponsor of United We Pledge. The groundbreaking served as an official start of the effort to raise uh, roughly $50 million needed to build the site, which is being modeled after the American village uh, replica colonial village in Alabama. When it opens, scheduled for sometime around America's 250th birthday on July 4th, 2026, Liberty Village plans to feature replicas of historic buildings. Um, uh, Dennis Levitt, the president of United We Pledge, who is one of the best men I think I've ever met. I mean, there's a handful of men that I have met that are 
true true servants of of a higher power um and men of absolute integrity um th- this guy is amazing i someday will i'll introduce you to him but Dennis Levitt, president of United We Pledge, says the village will be an interactive experience that will enable visitors to learn about colonial crafts and to discuss King George III's taxation without representation and other issues with costume actors or interpreters portraying uh, America's founding fathers. In a time when many people feel patriotism is in decline and fewer Americans, especially youth, identify with a religion or attend church, Levitt says Liberty Village and United We Pledge Company curriculum will bolster, will bolster citizens' knowledge about America, the Constitution, and the role of God in, nature, in the nation's creation. He envisions the village bringing people together and instilling greater reverence for core constitutional values such as faith, family, and freedom. But others don't share his vision. It goes on and on and on. Um, and... Uh, then talks to three historians that absolutely have distorted history or they have done such little homework on what Liberty Village is and what things are that, like, I believe in. Um, I don't believe in a national religion by any stretch of the imagination. I do believe, whether you believe in God or not, belief in a higher power that you you have to answer to is a healthy thing. And one of the reasons why we're having the problems that we have is because we lack God. We lack any set of principles that we all used to find self-evident. Um, so they're immediately attacking this because it's the colonial period, slave owners, you know, God. Oh, my gosh, this is going to be so ugly. Most of Americans have never even heard of this project, but they felt it was necessary to tear it down after the first shovel hit the ground. That's fine. It's not going to stop. Now, let me give you the next story. This one comes from Vice, and it's related. Pastor Ron Tucker took to the stage one weekend in early July at Grace Church in the St. Louis suburb of Maryland Heights to deliver a sermon on Romans. In the first 15 minutes, Tucker railed against Antifa, Black Lives Matter, critical race theory, feminism, gun laws, abortion, protesters disrupting Supreme Court Brett Kavanaugh's dinner at D.C. Steakhouse and promoted the baseless claim that the Capitol riot was a hoax. Wow. In 15 minutes, he did all of that. Their woke ideology is separating people, he said, into groups and taking our nation apart. What part of that is incorrect? We're being taught, it's being taught in our schools under the heading of critical race theory, Tucker said. The way to get promoted in a woke business is based on your degree of victimhood. Absolutely true. If you're a black lesbian, then you're at the top of the heap. No, actually, I think that would go for a handicapped black lesbian. Um... Uh, Anyway, he goes on. uh, I mean, would you trust somebody to fly your plane just because they're part of a minority? Another great point. Tucker founded Grace Church, a non-denominational congregation in 1978. These days, however, it's not unusual for him to use his time in the pulpit to unleash a torrent 
of right-wing grievances and stoke fears of an imminent Marxist takeover. Yeah, I think it's pretty imminent. Um, But according to some, his congregants, it is a stark departure from his old preaching style. It's honestly weird because it never used to be like that, said Emily Lynch, 33, who joined Grace Church when she was five years old. I can remember the sermons growing up. They never spoke about politics. It was a quote-unquote feel-good church. Oh, so it was doing its job then as a church, making everybody feel good. Noelle Fortman, 23, and her mother had a similar early experience with Grace Church, which they joined in 2010. It was just such a pleasant community. It was welcoming and diverse, you know, and the sermons were just uplifting and, you know, biblical, end quote. Now, instead of talking about compassion and loving your neighbor, Tucker is preparing his 1,500-strong flock for a bloody final battle where the bullets are real. Wow. He said, quote, this is not cruise ship Christianity right now. We're a battle group. Oh, boy. Not a, not a cruise ship Christian Christianity? Well, that's the one I want. I want one where I can just sit on the deck and just look out over the ocean, think that everything is great. It's hard to pinpoint exactly when Tucker's radicalization began, but Fortman said she first started noticing politics creeping into his sermons about the time, fill in the blank, Pat, about what time did he start to become radicalized? Who's really responsible for this? Could it have been during the Trump presidency? I I mean, (laughs) that would surprise me. Yes, Donald Uh, Trump. Shocked. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Initially, she said it was easy to shrug it off. Tucker was a trusted pastor who had been a consistent voice in her life for years. Plus, she and her mom weren't that involved in the church community itself. They came for the Bible stories and the concert quality music performances. <laughs> oh, well, she's great. A- He'd start his <laughs> he started his sermons with this rambling 30 to 40 minute rant that sounded like it was taken straight from like Fox News. One time we went there and he referred to COVID vaccine as the mark of the beast. Could be that we needed to fight against, that we needed to fight against. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. End quote. Another time. She saw a black family get up and leave halfway through one of Tucker's rants about oh, no. critical race theory. No. And she began noticing a lot of churchgoers mm. doing the same. Mm. At the same time, she began seeing new faces, older faces, and whiter than before. <gasps> Fortman and her mother both left the church that year. Yeah. yeah. I see and they even people. got up and left. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and they're alive. In your dreams? In one recent sermon. No. In my church. In one recent sermon, Tucker acknowledged that he may have offended some members of the congregation. I've read your emails. I've watched people walk out of churches. I've gone into this stuff. But we're at a critical moment, he said. And uh, he's... Uh, And he said, and he's concerned about the church being taken over by a government agency called 
the ministry of truth. Yeah, that, that'll mm. never happen. That would never happen, right? We'd never. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, she then, uh, the story goes on to say, this story is not unique to Grace Church. Politics and culture wars have crept into pulpits and pews across the U.S. in recent years. I know, in the black churches, they've never done anything like this. It's not just the evangelical church whose ties to the GOP have been a target of heavy scrutiny for decades. It's churches and parishes across denominations, state lines, and socioeconomic status. Christians from around the country who spoke to Vice News said they've witnessed their congregations lose focus and slide into Christian nationalism. And here's my favorite part of the story, the laugh paragraph. If you have information or tips about churches or pastors who have become radicalized by Christian nationalism, we need to hear from you. Contact Tess Owen. Wow. That is fantastic <laughs> from Vice. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. On direct orders from President Joe Biden, the Department of Homeland Security has released 79,652 migrants into the United States last month after they were detained for illegally crossing the southern border. This brings the total number of illegals that have been caught and released into the United States on Biden's watch to 1.335 million people. At this pace, the ones that we catch and release, not the ones that we didn't catch, the ones that we caught and released, he will put in 3.5 million illegal immigrants into the United States in his first term. That is a population larger than that of Chicago. Mm. Okay. All right. Now, we also, we also have this coming. Food insecurity. Food security crisis is on the horizon, and experts now are saying that it could kill more people than COVID did worldwide. Um, it, I, I hope we're not going to feel it too horribly here but if we have open borders we will because they will come in droves because they will not have food um in south america and we should do everything we can i mean if again if i were president today i would make it very very clear i'm cutting the red tape on all energy i'm cutting all the red tape on farming and you know we'll come back to normal but right now we need people to farm and to drill and get energy out of the ground. Do you know what we could do for the rest of the world in good, not by not being involved in war and everything else, just by saying, farmers, here's the mission. Our moonshot is to feed the world in the next 12 to 18 months. So gear up. What do you need? Uh, we have a moonshot. We need to get oil to the rest of the world because Russia is going to cut off the oil and the gas. They're talking now already about rationing uh, gasoline and fuel in, in Germany. This is going to cripple Europe, and we will go into war if this actually happens. And are we stable? 
We could be so stable right now financially if we were doing the right things to help people in the world. Meanwhile, we're just pissing everybody off and China's holdings of U.S. debt have fallen below $1 trillion. That's the first time in 12 years they're liquidating all of our bonds. They are not holding our debt. That leaves Japan, which is on the verge of oblivion. That leaves Japan as the largest holder now of our U.S. treasuries. Soon it will just be the Fed. FBI and DHS also have confirmed. And again, are we getting stronger or weaker? FBI and Department of Homeland Security are purchasing and using Chinese-made drones from a company with close links to the Chinese government. So you know everything is linked to the Chinese government. You own a business, you have a party member there that is making sure that everything you do helps China. Um, we, we have been warning um, that we cannot use Chinese technology because Chinese technology is gathering information and especially from the DHS and the FBI. Why would you want to use drones that would send information to China? This is craziness. The only reason you do that is because you're making money uh, or you're beholden to the Chinese government. Also, shut down D.C., Another Marxist group shut down D.C. just announced that they are going to disrupt the congressional baseball game. That's smart. That's smart. I can't imagine anything going wrong there. Getting a bunch of liberals to to uh, show up at the baseball diamond. Oh, my gosh. I just realized that's a really Mm. bad idea. Didn't they try to kill all of the members, the Republican members of Congress? At that same baseball diamond? Oh, yeah, but that oh, was so long I ago. I forgot. We should so. remind them. Who even remembers it? Nobody. Yeah. And they deserved it anyway. Um, uh, meanwhile, on the, uh, on the crisis list, BlackRock, its profits have fallen 22%. Uh, BlackRock is... Uh, is not making the money that uh, they were hoping that they would make on this new green deal. And speaking of the green deal, uh, Congress, uh, or I'm sorry, Biden, according to the Washington Post today, could declare a climate emergency as soon as this week. The potential move comes days after Joe Manchin told Democratic leaders he does not support his party's efforts to advance a sprawling economic package this month that includes billions of dollars to address global warming. If emergency is invoked, it could empower the Biden administration in its efforts to reduce carbon emissions and to foster a cleaner energy. Uh, Two of the individuals with knowledge of the discussion say that they also expect the president to announce a slew of additional actions aimed at curbing planet warming emissions. Uh, The exact scope and timing of any announcement remain in flux. The president made it clear if the Senate doesn't act to tackle the climate crisis and strengthen our domestic clean energy industry, he will. So that's uh, that's really good. Um, 
Jared Bernstein, top White House economic advisor, emphasized to reporters at a news briefing earlier in the day that Biden would work aggressively to fight to attack climate change. So we got that going for us. We now have the last piece that is needed to take over a country. You just need an emergency that could happen as soon as this week. Meanwhile, House Democrats are pushing a bill to add four seats to the Supreme Court. Mm. Unbelievable. Now that, would uh, by be the way, um, there, catastrophic. It's over. Mm-hmm. You couple the Supreme Court with what would have to be also a filibuster reform, um, but you yeah. pack the court. You uh, get rid of the filibuster and you declare in a national emergency. You do not return from that. You don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's that's accurate. It's frightening, but it's definitely accurate. And this would accomplish his goal of finishing the fundamental transformation of America that Obama started. And, and that's what he plans to do, I think. Imagine, imagine America being lost. I mean, I, I think we're going to really see, the world will feel uh, America's loss, I think, in the next mm-hmm. 24 uh, months. I think uh, when we start to go into global food crisis, mm-hmm. there are not going to be bags of wheat from the United States that are coming in. There's not going to be all that food that we've shipped that usually rots uh, on, the, uh, on the tarmac because, you know, it's all corrupt. And I think we're going to see the rest of the world feel the absence of the United States in our charitable giving. It's, it's uh, terrifying. Terrifying. Well, by far, by far, for as long as I think any kind of records have been kept, the United States of America, American citizens have been the most generous on the face of the, face of the planet uh, to the tune of, you know, we... We think that our government gives a lot in foreign aid. Uh, private individuals and corporations give over three hundred billion dollars a year to the rest of the uh, to the rest of the planet. So, I mean, that's something that you know, if we have a catastrophe, then th- those people in poverty, in abject poverty, they're going to be left to fend for themselves. It's going to be a disaster if it happens. I, I think this is going to be remembered as Mao's five-year plan when he starved millions of people to death mm-hmm. because he knew a better way to farm, and he didn't. He knew nothing about farming, um, but he claimed that you know he was inspired and uh, he, could, he could fix farming for China. And uh, the first year, I don't remember what it was, like two million people died, and mm-hmm. uh, he said, just keep going. Uh, then the next year, like 10 million people died. In the end, I think it was 30 million that died in his five-year plan. And he didn't care. He just didn't care because it's good for everybody else. This is so Malthusian. Um, uh, the Malthusians believe that um, that we got to get rid of humans. <laughs> There's just too many humans. 
Um, and any way to liquidate humans is good. Now, think of that mm. when you talk about climate change. How many people do you hear when they talk about the planet? Talk about how it's too crowded. We have too many people. You know, I'm, uh, you know I, I don't think we need to bring any more people into the world um look at the malthusian kind of attitude of the complete live system that once you're over really 50 but definitely 60 you get very little medical care because there's no purpose for you to live anymore you're not serving society it it's it's uh it's a frightening thing when you look at the same kind of progressive thought that brought you planned parenthood and the murder of millions of babies, uh, the same group of people, the American progressives, that taught Germans about eugenics and, uh, and all of the nasty stuff of race purity, a lot of that came from us and our progressive movement here in the United States. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff is still going on in, in just different ways. But... It's still going on. You wipe out a whole bunch of people using uh, starvation because of a war. We couldn't do anything about it when it's absolutely a lie. When we are just going to have to take it, you know, take those blows to the face uh, because we got to get off of, of green energy. If people are suffering or die, they don't care. It actually helps their plan. Well, you remember what uh, Bernard Shaw said, one of the most favorite, fa- famous playwrights in, in world history, and that's how he felt about people. Eh, whatever. If you can't produce as many potatoes as you consume, well, we're just going to have to kill you. I mean, not in a mean way. Well, I, you know, we'll make sure that your death is fairly painless, but you, you have to be killed Well, he was the... Yeah, and he was the guy who said, there's got to be a way to... Uh, have some sort of a gas or gas chamber where you could kill people quickly mm-hmm. uh, and efficiently. I mean, it's George frickin' Bernard Shaw that was the first to express gas chambers uh, for the liquidation of people. Incredible. I mean, Jeez. wake up. We are headed in the same kind of direction with the same crazy, dangerous people. The best of the Glenn Beck program. really makes me sick that USAID, when we send aid over, we demand that they start with birth control and start providing abortions. Did you know that? Our funding, in our name, they take our money. Federal government doesn't make money. It takes money. And they take our money and they say, we're going to help out Ukraine. Oh, yeah, we're going to help out. We love to help them out. And what strings come attached? Well, I tell you, with Ukraine, now in the middle of a war, their, uh, their parliament decided to get together because they, they, re- they really want to make sure that gay marriage <laughs> is, uh, is legal. That's your priority during a war where people are dying in the streets? Mm. You're taking that on? Gee, I wonder why, Pat. Why do you think that might be? Huh. I'm sure it's not because the United States said, 
uh, this is a condition uh, upon which we give you the aid. I am sure that didn't happen because um, no, 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 we never control uh, another sovereign nation like yeah. that. Of course not. Of course no. not. Of course not. And it's it's all it's all <laughs> about compassion. Let me ask you: when you have when you have sixty percent of the girls that come girls and women that come across our border because of the drug cartels uh, or with uh, human smugglers, we're enriching those cartels and smugglers. And 60% of the women and the girls that come across the border are raped Mm. by those same people. Mm -hmm. Where is your compassion? Where is your compassion? Yeah. They keep saying that, you know, they go ahead. Not only are they getting raped, uh, but since Biden took office, 700 illegals trying to cross the border have died. You know, they, t- they make a big deal out of, and, and it is, they make a big deal out of the 50 who died all at one time in the back of that trailer uh, a few months ago. But that's just a drop in the bucket compared to what happens all the time on the border. People crossing the border in the summertime and dehydrating and dying in the desert. People dying in the backs of these uh, trucks, in the trunks of cars. Uh, It happens all the time. And 700 of them just in the last year and a half since Biden took office. It's unconscionable. That is. And they don't care. So the only reason you would be doing this, it has nothing to do with compassion because you just wouldn't treat people like this. Mm-hmm. You know, compassion is uh, is not chaos, um, and all they're all they're offering is chaos. And who's coming over? I want people that want to be Americans. I do. Yeah. But I don't want any terrorists. We've lost forty forty people that are on the terrorist watch list that we know of that have crossed our southern border since uh, Joe Biden has been into office. You know, George Washington said this. He said, The bosom of America is open to receive not only the opulent and respectable stranger, but the oppressed and persecuted of all nations and religions, whom we shall welcome, okay, there's more to this, to a participation in all our rights and privileges if by decency and propriety of conduct they appear to merit that enjoyment hmm. we don't care we i mean the media and the police appear to be covering up the rape of that 10 year old that joe biden said she had to go to another state can you imagine being that little girl no i can't so why was the rapist allowed to stay at home with that girl after it had been reported to the police. Echoing the statement, Thomas Jefferson said, born in other countries, yet believing you could be happy in this, our laws acknowledge, as they should do, your right to join us in society, conforming, as I doubt not you will do, to our established rules. No. So there are founders saying, we want you in. It's exactly the same thing that conservatives say. We want you to come here. We want you to be, you will renew us. We need new blood. We, we welcome you here. If you will do it 
with our established rules. Many years later, Ronald Reagan said anyone from any corner of the world can come and live in the United States and become an American. That's the standard. We welcome the tired, the poor, the huddled masses if they will conform to our established rules, if they are decent. We open our arms to anyone who truly wants to become an American. For generations, our ancestors have immigrated here, chasing after what only America promised, and that is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a chance to succeed. This is why immigrants have left their homes, their histories, their families. This is why so many risk everything. They risk their lives to get here. And then when they arrive, they became steadfast Americans. At least they used to. In return for their risk and their efforts, we promised them America, a nation with such a finely crafted balance of power that you were protected from most of the threats to your liberty, at least from government and most of the time from your fellow man. In America, we guaranteed everyone's inalienable rights in exchange for a commitment to our principles that make us one and make America possible. We said, come to America and you will be free. We're not going to promise you gold. We're not going to promise you riches, but we're going to promise that you have a shot. You have a chance. This was our promise. And to honor that promise, we vowed to expect nothing less of future immigrants. Immigration laws in America's uh, have undergone many changes, each packed controversy, complexity, good ideas, bad ideas. Our first naturalization law uh, only welcomed free white persons. And since then, as is the story of America, we've worked to infuse our best principles into immigration policies. One good idea that we've had from the beginning was that our new citizen should be people of good moral character. There are a lot of really good families, I'm sure, that are coming across the border, but there are also some nefarious ones. But that one requirement honors the promise of America and the cost so many families pay to immigrate here. It ensures that life in America will remain better, safer, and freer than the nation you just came from. But they're escaping now to this, this place that they think has it all. They have no idea we are turning into the country that they just left. And God help us, we might turn into a darker place than where they left. In March... In March, multiple members of Congress wrote uh, to the DHS secretary that according to Customs and Border Patrol, they had arrested 2,424 criminal aliens so far in fiscal year 2022. By March, they were, they were only 14 shy of the total number of arrests in fiscal year 2020. 14 shy... The criminals, 14 shy of the total arrests from the year 2020. These aren't numbers. These are people's lives. We have enough criminals in our own 
citizen, our own makeup here, who are threatening good people's inalienable rights, why in the world would we add more criminals? What compassionate nation would do that? The rape that is happening in the immigrant community is unheard of. 37-year-old man from Guatemala arrested for allegedly raping a preteen girl on multiple occasions while living here illegally in New Jersey. Another man, Tennessee, accused of sexually molesting a child, and then he was deported, and he just came right back in, and he was arrested a second time for raping an underage girl. So he molested a child, Instead of put in jail, he is sent back because we have no border security. He came back and raped an underage girl. Didn't happen. Didn't have to happen. Oh, if we could just save one child. How about saving many children? I mean, do we have any standards? I mean, someone who robs children of their innocence. Doesn't that fall below the line? Shouldn't it? We are destroying ourselves, and um, it doesn't have to be this way. We just have to stop talking politics and start talking common sense and values. When we can unite on a few values, we will be able to fix our country. But right now, everything is so political, and it was designed this way to keep us at each other's throats. I know a lot of Democrats who are very, very compassionate, very compassionate. And I know some politicians on both sides of the aisle who could give a rat's ass about what happens to anybody. We need to start talking about empathy and compassion with one another because our children are at stake on so many levels. Back in a minute, I'll tell you about American financing. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So when it comes to debt, you're going to have to pay down later. Credit cards are a horrible, horrible, slippery slope. Uh, most of them have variable rates, which means you're going to feel you're going to feel it when the Fed increases rates throughout the year. I think it's next week that they are planning on meeting again. And the, the, the rumor is or the word is that they're going to raise it by another point when when you're paying 20 22 25 percent you'll never get out from under that never because you're just going to be paying so much in interest now is the moment today is the day you need to take action give american financing a call and get a free mortgage review you can learn all about the custom home loan options available that might fit your budget better than what you're currently dealing with Home values continue to be on the rise. That equity could be accessed as cash to pay those high interest credit cards off. Please do this. There's no time like do it right now. American financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. Pat, do you want to talk about a mural 
You want to talk about Muriel here? You can bring her up. We have about three minutes. Uh, we played this. Yes. We played this yesterday, Glenn. Uh, I think, but it's, uh, I keep thinking about this, especially as you've just been talking about the border situation. The situation with D.C. Mayor uh, Muriel Bowser, who's gotten just a teeny tiny little taste <laughs> of what the border states are dealing with because of Greg Abbott's uh, initiative to send a lot of the illegals on a bus to D.C. They're apparently not pr- appreciating it very much. Uh, here's what she just said about it. Uh, Washington Post reported last week that homeless shelters in D.C. were filling up um, and groups were getting overwhelmed by these buses that Mm. the governors of Texas and and Arizona are sending here full of migrants. How significant is this Mm. influx? How many people? Well, this is a very significant issue. Um, We have for sure called on the federal government uh, to work across state lines to prevent um, people from really being tricked uh, into being getting tricked. on buses. Uh, we, we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. Uh, I worked uh, with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization um, that is providing services to folks. Um, but I fear that they're being uh, tricked into nationwide uh, um, bus it. trips when their final destinations are places all over I the know. United States of America. The worst. I mean, so, you know, what's what's amazing mm-hmm. to me is um, that she is she's talking compassionately about how can our city survive? We can't even do mm-hmm. you're washing in D.C. You're washing in D.C. You don't even know the names of these border towns and they've got no. nothing, nothing. Right. Exactly. And listen to her whining about this already. It's only been going on for a couple of months. They could only have a few hundred people there. And she's already gone whining to the federal government to make it stop. She wants them to stop coming to her town because she realizes how difficult a problem this is. Uh, you know, for for Texas and Arizona and New Mexico, who have been dealing with this forever, uh... Now you get just a tiny little taste of it in a, for a few weeks and you just can't take it? You go running to the federal government? Wow. Wow. It's, it's unconscionable what's going on. And they're still using the 11 million figure, by the way. They've been using that number since I moved to Houston 21 years ago. There's still only 11 million illegals? Huh. With a million or 2 million or 3 million coming across the border every year? Huh. Weird. The 